Well, that's the end of that then. After a sensational season with highlights aplenty, the Hawks simply didn't fire in what was an underwhelming final series for the lads. And so, one last AFL recap for the year before we focus on the next chapter. Yep, all those tantalising trade rumours and developments, plus the very latest VFL and VFLW news as the two teams dream of premiership glory. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast, the go-to show for all fans of the Hawthorne Football Club. My name is Nick Mason. Joining me is a man who might have had a tough time in the MCC last Friday night. G'day, Tiz. No, I was smart about it. Went down to the very front. Okay. On the fence. <laughs> Fantastic. What what advantages does that afford you exactly? We can't see any of the Melbourne members. Yeah, but they can give you plenty because they can now identify that you're a Hawks man. Yeah. You're a strange little man, aren't you, Tiz? I just don't get the psychology but, behind it. You know, if we had one, I would have been in there right in their viewing. <laughs> Did you have a little bit of a glimmer of hope in that last quarter when we piled on three goals out of nowhere and you just thought, this might be just vintage Melbourne? I believe I said typical Melbourne. <laughs> it might have been typical Melbourne about a decade ago, but it seems they've uh, they've shrugged off that old habit of completely capitulating out of nowhere, it seems. Oh no, there's still a bit of the Velcro to their jumper, don't you think? <laughs> Maybe, I hope so. <laughs> I tell you, I'll tell you this much, I'm not barracking for Melbourne this weekend. Ah. Uh, you know, they did okay. They were better than we were. Better side. Took their chances. Yeah, I think we played our best football going into finals rather than in finals. We also got the two best opponents uh, going round, I feel. I feel yeah. the Magpies, they're playing pretty well, but they got a, the rubber of the green with the ups. And um, if we'd managed to meet Geelong and then maybe GWS we should, would have stood a better chance. I just think we maybe. match up better. Oh, hindsight's twenty twenty, isn't it? You just Well, you know, we've gone you out know. in straight sets, as they say. Yeah, well, as Damo says, I looked at the wash-up on the AFL website today, and he couldn't help himself. I think he mentioned the word straight sets about six times in a minute. Gave us a six. Yeah, six out, out of, of ten. ten. Yep. But against their expectations for us at the start of the season, a six is ridiculous. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, they didn't have us pegged for any success this year. Yeah. Mind you, we should be used to it. I know I'm used to it. Being an overachiever, <laughs> that's what happens. I don't know if this has been your experience, but have you come across some maybe less than humble Melbourne fans in the week? Oh, it's very strange. Yeah, well... I th- feel sorry for them. Because <laughs> they're not winning a premiership this year. Ooh, big call. Nah, I not mean, happening. To be fair, I happen to agree. But uh, it's just an interesting phenomenon, isn't it? How quickly things can turn. Because now apparently we're the laughing stock of the competition. Have you seen this? Because we went out in straight sets. So everyone's having a right old chuckle at Hawthorne's expense. I liken it to the phenomena of what happens when you have a jump scare watching a horror film. There's that moment where you have that split-second panic. And then have you ever noticed where people do that? They have that panic and then that, that wave of relief sets on them. And they and they start laughing. They have a bit of a chuckle, a bit of a smile, because they know it's all going to be okay. That's Hawthorne's season, in a nutshell. Hawthorne gave the competition a right bloody good jump scare. They were not meant to be this good, this quickly. And I think everyone's just a little bit relieved that we're not in the competition at this stage. Well, we've still got one of the oldest lists, and we're performing well. And that's against the trends, very much against the trends. It's the young teams, Richmond, Melbourne... The younger sides that are that are that are looking to press the issue, and for Hawthorne to be anywhere near the the top six was quite incredible from the start of the year. We had we finished twelfth last year. Yep. That's a big climb. But uh, what happened was we beat Geelong and Sydney in that final month and just got past St Kilda. 
Yeah. And it turned out Geelong and Sydney were no bloody good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we know that now, don't yeah. we? <laughs> we know that in hindsight. Yeah. I think you're right in saying that we did play our best footy just a little bit too early. Well, I think that can be put down to us not expecting probably to play yeah, finals. Perhaps, yeah. With the Because uh, we got to Brisbane and we thought, oh, well, finals, we've lost to them now in Tassie. We're probably not playing finals. I doubt they doubled down on the fitness regime at that point. No, certainly not. So, But if we set ourselves, we know how important it is to set mm. yourself for the right fitness regime after 2012 when they just sort of... Fell in a heap physically on grand final day. I don't don't want to dwell on it too long, um, just because it is a bit on what the is? negative side of thing. Or just the fact that, what do you reckon was our worst footy this year? Because I would say it was the finals. No, it's definitely those Brisbane losses. For what was at stake, though? Look, we were under man for that final against Melbourne. Yeah. Well, and, and Melbourne kept us in that game. Oh, look, we're getting stuck into the recap. I, I, what I really want to know is, what was it like for you coming out of the MCC? Because, I mean, that, that's got to be a tough walk back up. Did I get abused? Yeah, I guess is my question. <laughs> uh, not really. Well, you, you came out unscathed. Well, I was singing. Yeah, I guess they were a bit preoccupied. Yeah. And um, I don't envy them their happiness. <laughs> I, I really don't. It just... You think it's a bit of a house of cards that's going to collapse at any moment? I was a little disappointed that, you know, it was, it, it's a much longer story that I anticipated. But still, I feel it is a wonderful, it, it, it's just going to add to the Shakespearean oeuvre <laughs> of tragedy that Melbourne brings to AFL. For me, though, I had um, my second straight week of a walk of shame. Now, uh, I don't think it's come up on the, maybe it has come up on the podcast before, but the whole... Uh, you take the, the cut out of Dunstall. Yeah, that's you? right. The whole M10 Hawk headquarters tradition, uh, the finals tradition of having the cardboard standee, the is life-size it, cardboard standee. It is standee. life-size? It seems to be less than life-size. Okay, well, maybe it's a bit less than that, but never, nevertheless, it is a human-sized Jason Dunstall standee, I reckon circa 90s sometime. I'm not sure what, he, what year it's from, but uh, it's been a finals tradition for uh, Hawk headquarters and the boys at M10 to take Jace along and get him through security. And there's never any problems. They always let him through. And uh, this was, I think, uh, Jason Dunstall's 23rd final. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he's had a great run. Is it almost as many as the man himself? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's a good... We should check that, actually. That'd be interesting to see. Um, But for the past fortnight, I've been the custodian of Jason Dunstall, and that has led to two pretty miserable... Post-match affairs, I guess. With just, Putting him on the tram. Just standing by Jace in a very lonely MCG, waiting for the crowds to clear out. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, you got you got to appreciate the first week was Richmond, so I'm like, oh, bloody hell. Yeah. I, I have to wait until there's no one around. And even when I did leave, there were so many people outside the stadium. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't particularly great. There was, oh, also in that first week, there was something wrong with the trains. So the the way I'd usually take to get home, I was kind of like, well, the platform's packed. I can't, right? I can't really move, and I ended up just sort of trying to find a seat, sort of outside Jollymont Station, and I ended up finding one. And everyone that walked past sort of had a bit of a, like, a double take. What's yeah? What's they'd, that is they'd wonder if you're the full bob, chief. Yeah, they would. And uh, there was one guy, in particular a Richmond fan, who was a bit drunk, and he came over. And he he offered me something that he bought from a food van. He's like, oh, you want a bit of this? So I'm like. No, I'm good, thank you. And he's like, okay, and then proceeded to piss about a metre from me. 
Well, he was enjoying himself. <laughs> it clearly was. So that was, uh, you know, there are better, better experiences than that. I had to do it all again against Melbourne, of course. Uh, this did time, you, did you take the offer this time? Or? <laughs> yeah, because the same guy turned up. <laughs> uh, I actually did encounter a Richmond guy the second week. A completely different guy who's like, no, for what it's worth, mate, I wanted the Hawks to win. I said, of course you bloody did, <laughs> smart ass. <laughs> uh, no, actually, one encounter I had was um, I was standing at the tram with the cardboard standee and. I looked around and across the road was a noted uh, Melbourne supporter and sports satirist, Titus O'Reilly, happened to be standing waiting for a cab. Not a DD or an Uber, but a cab. I think he was pretty generous with his time. I think I stopped him from hailing a cab at one point. So, <laughs> so I came waltzing over to him with the bloody big Jason Dunstall. And I was like, congratulations. And he was very, you know, he's very pleased, as you would be. I mean, because you've heckled him when he's live on stage, of course. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point. Earlier this year, round four, when he was performing at the comedy festival, I did not intend to do this, but I did sit second row wearing my hawk scarf after, you'd after just the def- match. Yeah, we defeated them by upwards of 60. Yeah, that's right. So, look, he effectively, I. He got his got his own back. I decided to give him that, and uh, no, it was a good chat. And you know that whole thing about w, uh, not WA fans, uh, Melbourne fans booking for WA a week in advance. Mm-hmm. I asked him about that, and he said he booked in the final quarter. And I said, "You're one of the good ones, mate. You are. I'll pay it and enjoy the win and have a good night." And I boarded the tram, and um, look, Jace is back here in the living room as we record now, and. Hopefully he'll be back for another final series next year, but I tell you what, Tears, I don't think I'll be the custodian next year. I think you need a year. reprint, actually. He's looking a bit weathered. Well, I mean, that's what 23 finals will get you. Should we put up a picture? I'll put up a picture on the Twitter, at Pod because I think people need to see just what we're talking about with the life-size cardboard standee of Jason Dunstall. Um, of course, that was how I dealt with the loss. Uh, other people had other ideas, other coping mechanisms. We heard from one of our listeners, uh, Nicholas Vines, who tweeted at us at Hawk Talk Pod. He said, I've taken the Crows approach and listened to Melbourne's theme song on repeat. It's made me feel worse about the situation, but optimistic and excited for our future. All he needs is a bus and the outback. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Blindfolds? <laughs> Blindfolds, yep. Just... And then a whole year of not talking about it <laughs> and Caro being on your back to admit that it was wrong. <laughs> Uh, hey, speaking of social media stuff, we should get to that. iTunes, 106 ratings, Tiz. We've gone up again, 106 ratings, and you know what that means. It's a new thing we're doing. We're traipsing through the archives of <laughs> Hawthorne players. Yeah, that's right. We're going down memory lane. Now, there's two players in Hawthorne's history that have recorded exactly 106 games. I get the feeling from the smirk on your face that these two names are ones I might recall. Like, like first and last week, I should have known. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's a, a little bit embarrassing, player. yeah. Yeah. I can report that you will know... Both of these guys. You're more of a Hawthorne historian than I am, to be fair. I think you're much more acquainted with the club's history than I am. So I'll I'll give you that. So I I reckon you'll know these guys. The first one is Ian Law. Powerhouse in our first premiership. He was indeed. He was a rover. Hawthorne great, regarded as very competitive, very aggressive. And in his second year, which was a premiership year, was undoubtedly his finest. Uh, It was the first of three Best and Fairest awards that he won. 61, 63 and 64, he was Best and Fairest. And also that year, finished third in the Brownlow Medal, and as we say, Premiership as well. Not bad, is it? That's, uh, it's we neat. also made the grand final in 63 too, so that's a really, really good effort. Yeah, it's a, it's a neat list of accomplishments he, he has there in his brief career, and he was indeed named in Hawthorne's Team of the Century in yeah. 2001. No wonder I knew him. There you go. He's, uh, like I said, a Hawthorne great. He is famous indeed. Now, how about this bloke? Famous in his own right. 
This charming man, James Morrissey. This charming man? It's a Smiths thing. You wouldn't get it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, nicknamed the freak. Now, uh, I think Dermy keeps talking about this bloke very often because he had such bad eyesight <laughs> on field that he couldn't believe he could hit a target. And yet he, <laughs> he was one of the most remarkable kicks. Uh, he would have played in three premierships. The back-to-back, 88, 89, and the 91. Correct. You've listed them all there. Three premierships, part of that golden era. 106 games for James Morrissey, of course, much like Ian Law. 100 goals in that 106 games. Not Nick- bad. Nicknamed the freak, if anyone's wondering, if anyone's not across it, because he was a mercurial goal sneak. He yep. just had a habit of just doing the impossible in front of goal. And trying it and getting it right. You can imagine Jeans wouldn't have been too happy if he'd <laughs> had a ping instead of passing to Dermot or Dunstall. Now, part of his uh, lore or legend, if you like, whatever word you want to use, he was near BOG in the 1991 uh, grand final, blanketing Chris Lewis that day. Yeah, Chris Lewis was a big threat, but uh, Paul Deere took took the chocolates. <laughs> he certainly did. So there you go. There's the uh, 106. That's actually a much better segment than I thought it would be. You're enjoying it now. I think this harks back to, I think it was one of our listeners, Brendan, I believe, who who suggested this idea that for every rating that we get, say if we tick up to 107 next week, we'll look at um, Hawthorne players who have played 107 games and talk about their their contribution to the club. Yep. That's how it works, right? Yep. Well, I'm just saying for anyone who's just tuned in, for any... Don't give me that. You know there are new <laughs> listeners. And you know what? If there are new listeners, they've probably found us via Twitter. See that segue there? That was Beautiful. nice and professional. Unlike yep. your good self, Tiz. Uh, Twitter, at HawkTalkPod. We're nearing 1,100 followers. We're about, I think, 13 away, which is just remarkable. That's the level of support. We're so appreciative and humbled by it. Uh, so if we can make it there by the end of the season, by grand final, by the final siren, 1,100 followers. Let's get it done, people. It's something that I fell back on immediately after leaving the MCC, just looking at the supportive comments coming through. It's good, wasn't it? Yeah. What a year it had been, really, because the expectations were pretty low at the beginning. I mean... <laughs> we were all worried that Birchall had never come back. Well, it didn't, you know, he never did. <laughs> no. But, um, it all, it, but it all, look it, how well we played. Yeah, it all, went, it all worked out fairly well, it must and, be said. And then Cyril gets up and leaves. Yep. You know, it's it's the whole Hawthorne mantra: ride the bumps with a grin. And I think we've done that with our supporters the whole way. It's been really good, and welcome well, to everyone that's just come on board as well recently. The best part is watching the young boys come in, slot in beautifully, and Sicily making a run towards stardom. Yeah, he. Uh, well, we're going to get into the recap shortly, but geez, he hasn't really missed a beat. He just comes back and just does what he pleases. Very yeah. nice. He could have been a bit slower waiting for that handball, of course, but anyway. All right. Okay. Well, let's No, not no, I can't go. blame him. <laughs> um, speaking of the support that we've had over the course of the year, uh, we heard from Paul, who hit us up on Twitter. Thanks, Hawk Talk Pod, for making the season so enjoyable. You guys have been spot on with the right stuff all season. Hashtag good work. Uh, we also heard from Sav, who said, you guys are great to listen to. Please release episodes weekly. Can't deal with trade radio alone. What on earth are we going to talk about weekly? <laughs> you well, ever tuned into SEN about mid-December? <laughs> Trent actually backed this up and says, I'm going to have to plus one this. The pod <laughs> makes the commute to uni on Friday bearable. Now, I think this is a good time to just sort of... Oh, we work out that we only record during uni, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think we better map out, uh, just for the sake of the listeners who are curious. Well, we've exactly... got to do a season review. Yeah. Well, well what, are, what are our plans in brief? We don't have to lock it down now, but we're probably going to do a, a preview of the grand final, a review. Of the season. Well. Yep. Hopes and dreams for the uh, trade period. Yep. The and draft, then I thought, of course. I thought a mid, mid-trade period show. 
probably. Yeah, yeah probably. This is, is how the first week went. This is what happen- we hope happens in the second week. Well, I mean, there, there should be a lot going on. Because we got Tom Mitchell early last time, and we had to wait all the way to the end before <laughs> we, got, we got O'Meara. That's true. Remember that? That was uh, agonizing. We've also got the uh, Sam Mitchell autobiography still to review. Oh, yeah. So, yep. um, look, all I'm saying is listeners... And then the lo- Christmas special. Yeah, well, yes, you love the Christmas special, don't you? You love going through Hawk's Nest and seeing <laughs> all those stocking stuffers. <laughs> <laughs> they don't uh, change a lot, though, so there no, might be don't. a lot of reused material. <laughs> okay, well, look forward to that, then, I guess, <laughs> listeners. There you go. All I'm saying is, just for, for the people who are curious, we're not going dis- to just disappear or anything. We are going to put out new episodes. They might be a little less frequent. But we'll still be around. We'll still be online as well. Twitter, of course, and you've got Facebook too. Facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Hit us up there too. So we get so many rumours online. Lots of stuff that, you know, <laughs> we can't really bring to the pod. All these burner accounts just sending stuff to us, aren't they? Don't you think? And then every now and again, you get a really, well, uh, it's a really gratifying message. Yes, absolutely. From someone who didn't, who doesn't want to be publicised, but sent us a DM and yeah. he's... He's about to go into a risky part of his life, I suppose. And yeah, th- so this is from a loyal listener who wished to remain anonymous, and I thought I'd read this out because it's quite touching, and uh, I don't know, it might, might be a bit indulgent on our part, but bear well, with us, a, listeners. It's the kind of thing when you get to the end of the, a hard day and you think, oh, well, maybe we'll put the pot off for a week. <laughs> this, is, this is the kind of thing that'll make us come and sit down and have a good chat about Hawthorne and where we're going. Effectively, yeah, this is pretty inspirational stuff for us. We really appreciated it. We got this message that begins, Hey guys, I've been following you since day one of the pod. I just wanted to say how much I love the show and look forward to listening every week. I'm a member of the Australian Defence Force, and I'm in my last days of training before I deploy on operational duty in the Middle East for seven months. I'll have limited access to listen to the pod over there, but plan to do so when I can. I just wanted you guys to know that I'll be looking forward to hearing you guys chat while I'm away, as it offers a small taste of being at home. Plus, I'll need you to keep me up to date with all the trade gossip, etc. Once again, thanks for the fun banter and great listening over the last couple of years, and I hope that one day I'll make it to M10 to have a beer with the gang. All the best, guys, and just remember that this bloke will be halfway around the world in the desert, still looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Cheers, guys. Good feeling, isn't it? It's absolutely fantastic. So, uh, we, and we I thank hate the sand. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's inspiring going in. That's a huge amount of work to get to that level mm. to go and then to be deployed for seven months. That is quite a long time. So one of our listeners there off on what will be an a incredible adventure, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we actually had some comments left on the WordPress page and just very briefly, these were comments left... WordPress, that's like the yeah. arse end of the internet, isn't it? Well, for us it is, because we never <laughs> publicise the page. But nevertheless, people have found their way there, and they did leave comments, which we've only just seen. Uh, so I'd like to thank Mark and Matthew in particular, who left some really nice words. So that's way overdue, so sorry, guys. We really just noticed those, uh, but thanks very much. Now, all that stuff is out of the way. Uh, I guess the, the summary of all those points is, thank you very much for a fantastic year, listeners. Of course, we're not done yet. We do have to get to this semi-final recap. It's going to be brief. Yeah, we're going to cut it right down. <laughs> we're not going to labour on the autopsy too long. There's no point. No, there's no point, really. Because it's as we said at the top of the show. We know that that's not the best we can play. We didn't even graze our potential the entire evening. Clarko didn't even try to make excuses. Did you notice that? Yeah. No, he's, he's pretty... Pretty stony-faced. I wouldn't say downcast or anything. But he did yeah. get a crap question first up. 
Oh, was that from Tom? Did you, did Tom, Tom Brown? Tom, did, Tom Brown. Sorry. Did you uh, did you think you were a chance? That's at, a ridiculous. When question. you were fourteen points down, it's great. You should just hit play on that video just for that <laughs> response from Clarko. Yeah, it's right apparently, at the start of the video as well. So yeah, track that apparently down. Apparently, it's at the start of the video because Channel Seven had the rights to the first few questions. Oh, right. Okay. Which I wasn't aware of. Oh, wow. Hmm. Did not know that. Clarko, one thing you did say, though, was uh, we need to add depth in all three lines, and we'll be searching for that over the next six to eight weeks, and indeed the summer, as some of those players are already at our club. What does that mean? I guess it's faith in the in the future, faith in the young guns. Okay. He must have... Uh, Attended the VFL and seen how well Brandon <laughs> O'Brien did. <laughs> well, he must be buoyed by the players that he brought in and how well they fared. I mean, not necessarily on the final stage, but... Hanrahan, Dylan Moore, well, they're doing well in finals. <laughs> that's true, they are. <laughs> a bit better than a, than the blokes we watched, but anyway. Oh, well, I, there was a little bit in the first final where they didn't handle the, handle the pressure, but I thought Warple played quite well against Melbourne. That was a lovely goal he kicked. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought Warple improved. Uh, Nash I worry about. Yeah. So, Shuey started really well, and basically, I think they just said, well, Nash is going to be no threat in the air, so just double-team Shue for the rest of the game. Yeah. And uh, that, he, so, he needs to work on that, because he needs to be a double threat. Yeah. Or even a triple threat. <laughs> and He needs to be a threat. Well, in the air. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to be that big, you need to be uh, a target for the long kick, and he just wasn't uh, able to achieve that. On Friday night? He just didn't impact anything at all, Nash. And I feel for him. I'm not going to... Well, he wasn't know. the only one it's, that was down on confidence. Um, yeah, this is not time for torches and pitchforks at no, all. No, I mean, All-Australian. Bruce, he had a night to forget. Yeah. Along with the one from the week before. Yeah, exactly. so, it's just one of those things, isn't and it? And Jetta was excellent. So, I have heard a rumour that uh, Burgoyne was sporting cracked ribs. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how accurate that is, but... Um, it would certainly put things into perspective if that was true. Yeah, because he did look a little slow, but turning yeah. 36, you do. <laughs> That's pe- right. But people have, you know, prepared to sort of question whether he should have got another contract over those oh, two games. And if you look be... at the whole year, it was terrific. Yeah, let's not be too hasty, guys. I think yeah, he I'm might. Pr- um, pretty glad he signed on. He might need to uh, sort of tweak what his role is. Yeah. But there was way too much... Heavy lifting for burgers. Yeah. You yeah. couldn't expect that of him in a in a major final. What about the players we missed? It was sort of highlighted by one of our listeners, Mel, who uh, tweeted us and said, I've been thinking about how much we missed both Ben Stratton and Jager O'Meara on Friday. Ben's importance has been well recognised, but now I think we should also be recognising how critical Jager's input is. Also, any news on Tom Mitchell's injury? Now, Tom Mitchell did get a knock early, didn't he? He did. But um, he still played very, very well. He, he did, yeah. That, uh, that final quarter he pulled out of himself. I don't know how he did that. If, you, if you're suffering injury and you've already had two quarters where you've been <laughs> pummeled, yeah. how do you come up from that to do what he did at the beginning? And give him a real scare. They did not look good for no. <laughs> a good period of time. And they would not be feeling too good about that going to the West. I mean, it's almost fitting that it's Tom Mitchell's shoulder that was called into question because for large portions <laughs> okay. of that game, he did carry the team on his back. He did, yeah. So uh, he was outstanding. Some some stats here, actually. Uh, 24 touches, not his normal prolific output, but it didn't matter. 91.7% efficiency. Which is just ridiculous when he, you've got Viney and, and, and oh, yeah. Clayton that, Oliver That kind of pressure. Yeah. And, and Tom Mitchell doesn't normally get those numbers for his disposal efficiency. So you've got to recognise he put in a hell of a game. 
Jack Gunston, of course, was massive. It's just going to be one of those unfortunate things, isn't it? Because no one's going to remember that. They're going to remember Jack Gunston and this game for just one the moment. Post. Yeah, just going to be the post. Hawks fans will think about that over and over again when, whenever they return to this match. Yeah, well, look, at some point you've got to admit that we weren't going to win the Premiership this year. Yes, true. And so yeah. the, the story was going to come to a close. <laughs> at some point. At some point. Yeah. And uh, I think we managed to expose a lot of youngsters, get mm-hmm. a lot of experience in front of massive crowds. I mean, Connor Nash, he would never experience anything like that cauldron. Yeah, that's why I'm a bit worried for him. And he's done <laughs> so, it two weeks in a row. Yeah. And that it just it shows them the level they have to be at. It gives them uh, a mark they that's set for them and they have to raise, rise to that. Well, Tiz, on this very podcast, I remember in the year we discussed and constantly reviewed and renegotiated our expectations. And at many points, we said we'd be happy to, to, play a to, final. to even just play a final. Yeah. There was no expectation to win necessarily. We just thought it'd be nice to make it. And we, and, and we looked two at two finals. Exactly. We looked at the advantages that would bring and we got two. We doubled up on that. So the story did have to come to an end at some point. I think we almost certainly would have been smashed over in Perth. Um, I think it's just the manner in which we went down. For me, it was it was very bittersweet. Yes, finals football, grace for everything, all the benefits that that brings. It left a sour taste to know that we, we could have had it, Melbourne. We the reason it them. left a sour taste was how the game was being played. Every time we made a mistake, they scored. That's what. That's how it played off. That's Seven how it behind looked. in that second quarter. We could have had them. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the point, though. We could have had them. Yeah. If we were absolutely and totally soul-shatteringly destroyed, yeah, like we did in 2008 to a couple of teams, <laughs> we, that, we did that to Western Bulldogs... And St Kilda. Yeah, quite St. handily. St Kilda learnt that they had to be a hell of a lot better and made the grand final the next two years running. What are you saying, Tiz? I, th- <laughs> I think to get the best out of yourself, you have to experience this kind of pain uh, and to be exposed in the way they were because there are a yeah. lot of one-on-ones that that uh, they weren't a good look for a few players. One guy did hold his own. We've mentioned him before. Sicily overcame a slow start to get into the groove of things, really recapturing the kind of form that he's been known for this year. 17 touches at 94.1% efficiency. Yeah. Outstanding. That second term, we were doing some lovely ball movement around the boundary line, creating space, doing lots of run, and we just didn't capitalise. And, and when you don't capitalise and give reward for effort, you don't win the game, especially with young players. Second straight week. It became the, the story, the narrative for Hawthorne in two games, mm. basically, that we just we had chances, didn't take them. and Having kicked goal efficiency above the odds all year yeah. in finals, yeah. it crumbled. Yeah, just one of those things. And that's why it's bittersweet. We made it there. We knew what our best was, and we didn't even get close to it. It's, just, it's an opportunity gone begging. But anyway. Imagine if we beat Brisbane twice. Where so we would have been on the ladder. I don't... Isn't that ridiculous? I don't really For a think side of that. as young... Yeah, it is. ...and as old as ours is. I, I get your point. I, so you've taken a bit more of a diplomatic approach than some other supporters who, after the game, were like, oh, if only we had a bloody knocked off Brisbane twice. Imagine... And they were coming at it from a point of... It would have completely reshaped the season. I don't know about that. I mean, we finished fourth. We got two finals in Melbourne. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it matters too much. Would have been nice to beat Brisbane, of course, but uh, I don't think it had such a bearing, or at least the bearing that we thought it, it might have had, 
coming into the finals and trying to make trying to establish our place in the final eight. Um, so who gets the credit for having such a good year? Is it Clarko for tweaking us? Yeah, I mean, as soon as Sicily went down, he had to find a new approach, and he did, and yeah. it was brilliant. He he probably deserves a lot of the credit. The only the only reason why I'd be a bit reluctant is because I feel it's we had all those close wins, those games where he came from behind to win. Yeah, I I feel like it might be a bit rehashed and stale at this point because the media's banged on about how good Clarko is. I don't, you know, it's not. It's, it's boring it's not to me. Game to... day, Clarko. We're not talking about what he does on game day. Yeah, We're talking yeah. about how he how he puts this team together. Yes, yeah. In during the week. Yeah, that's probably the side I'm more interested in. And we saw consistency emerge from these young players. Yeah. That's what will carry us through next year. It's going to be a lot harder, of course. We're top six. Mm. But then if you look at who else is in the six, how many of them are going to be better next year? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm not too worried about our fixture next year. I think we'll be okay. I also think this team has yet a few more surprises up its sleeve. I think we've still got room to improve without even adding players. I mean... you Oh, organic... Improvement, yeah, absolutely. yeah, organic growth, yeah, as as Clarko ref- referenced. That's how um that's how you got to look at Nash, Morrison, yep. Warple, um, Miles, even who dropped out of the team late. Yeah, Brand, who's going to be taking on a larger role as Frawley won't play as many games. You wouldn't expect. We we just have a large segment of this list that hasn't hit their ceiling, and we've already liked the look of this year. That's massive. That's really course, positive. The thing is. But what's going to happen, of course, is what we saw when Hodge and Mitchell and Lewis left. Those second string players have to step up, or mm, they mm. or they step down, and that'll happen at some point. It's an intriguing year, twenty nineteen. Yeah, to see what happens with Hawthorne. Um, I have us pegged maintaining our spot in the finals, but oof, right. it's it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's going to take all. Well, of I tell our... you what, trade period could change your mind. Depending yeah, well, on who yep. we get, if we fill a few of those gaps in that midfield yeah. where we looked very, very thin on Friday. Well, Clarko wants to fill every part of the ground. Yeah, I noticed that. He cites... No one is safe. <laughs> it's not so much that no one's safe, but he cites deficiencies forward, back, and mid. And mm-hmm. I think he's fair enough saying that. I think that's completely accurate. We've, you know, That's been a conversation we've had with our listeners all year. Like, where do you start? Everyone seems to want something different. You always different. start at the defence. Well, that's your opinion. That's how Hawthorne have always done it. <laughs> Build it on a great defence. Hey, you mentioned him before, but I want to get your thoughts on Jure. Did I mention him? You happened to name drop Jure. He didn't Jure. Made a mention. <laughs> now, why Jure and not Miles? Tell me that. Five-day break, was it? Okay. Now I get you thinking, but why then would you have Miles in the VFL and not Jure? If you knew that was what was going to happen. I think you can put Jure anywhere. Another club? No, I meant you can put him up forward or down back. For another club. and I'm being much too harsh on Jure. I recognise that. Well, I mean, he nearly walked at the end of last year, so I'd be very surprised if he was at Hawthorne next year after he was overlooked for so long. Well, our mate Damo believes there happens to be a contract on the table for him, a one-year contract with yeah, Hawthorne. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise. Yeah, but he uh, he might well walk. He we'll could see. be an insurance contract. That's what mm. we gave Shuey. Yes. And yet he got called up for the final. What did you think of his efforts? 
my wild card, if, if anyone listened to last week's podcast... Well, he kicked the first. Exactly. My wild card performance for this final was Sean Makers. Mr. Sean Makers himself, he only goes and kicks the first. And then he had a shank kick. <laughs> he put it down the pool. Then he kicked a second. I'm like, okay. Yeah. He did his best, I thought. <sighs> he tried. But sometimes his best isn't good enough. Mind you, he kept O'Brien out of lineup. Yeah, who's... I mean, Who is contracted. To- yeah, he's contracted for another year. We'll get to Box Hill. I thought O'Brien looked pretty solid in defence on defense, the weekends. But yeah. um, if that's where they want to use him, then... Well, that's what we mean, retooling. This is what yeah. Kaiko does. Yeah, and he's yeah he's going to have to. He's, it's Jeez, it's a big off-season to recalibrate and sort of reconfigure for next year. We actually heard from one of our listeners, Meg, who said, you probably won't agree with me, but I was hoping Whitecross played last Friday. He very seldom lets us down. Nash wasn't right for us. Maybe it was just me. Duray should have been out. You know what, Meg? I find myself kind of in agreement with you there, considering what Whitecross showed for Box Hill. Um, no. no. No, I don't think so. Whitecross is a little too slow for the Ds. But if we'd been playing uh, you know, West Coast or someone like that, it might have been all right. Do you think Whitecross will be with us next year? Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's an interesting question in itself. I only wish the best for him. I hope he wins I would, something. I would fully expect that Fags is after these boys. Yeah, maybe. Just to bring a bit of the Hawthorne ethic up to... Yep, some experience. Up to... The system, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We heard from Ramon, who said, I'd rather have gone down in 2018 getting more games into Miles, Lewis, Hanrahan and Lovell. The subtle tank with future benefits. Well, we did have this conversation after the Brisbane loss. <laughs> we did, yeah. Didn't we? Yep. We Not to get, jump the gun or anything. We could get two inside the first 20. <laughs> well, we won't be doing that. No, we won't. But uh, it is a very good draft. So having lower draft picks may not, necess- may not necessarily be best. Do you, under- do you know what I mean? As in it's fairly even all across the board. Well, it's a deep draft. Yeah, that's, yeah so sorry, that's who, what I meant, yeah. So the value of the earlier picks is less. Yeah, 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 I remember you bringing this up. Yeah, I, I see your logic in that. Um, I don't know. I think Ramon probably needs to give Clarko and Co a bit more credit. I think we what we blooded Warple. We saw Nash come in, and it's not like they they went to the uh, to the old blokes to pull them up to fourth. Just, ah, no just way. to be there. Yeah, they gave experience to the young fellas, and like I said, they've got a benchmark that they have to meet now. We heard from Emmanuel Goldstein as well, who said top four was a pleasant surprise, but still a few goals away from the top sides. Our kids will further develop the class and composure required. Just couldn't get the full team on the park. Now to follow fellow Hawks fans, block the Muppets and eagerly await 2019. Block the Muppets. <laughs> That's a good pastime, isn't it? The other word I liked there was composure. Yes. Because we did lack that in the finals. That's true. So, oh, this is interesting from Jane. Oh, yeah, the, the next one from Jane here. Yeah. She begins at Hawk Talk Pod. I've despised West Coast since the 1992 elimination final, but I hope they absolutely slaughter Melbourne next week. She, she adds as well. And this is why I like Jane. I, I like this tweet <laughs> a lot. 2016, I'm all like... Oh, that's so nice for the doggies. 2017, wow, good on Richmond. But now in 2018, I'm like, lol, stuff this finals fairy tale bullshit. <laughs> a total about turn. It's I, just me in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, it is actually. You <laughs> hate the fairy tales. I hate the fairy tale stuff. It's just annoying. Yeah, you're a bit of the old uh, over the hands Christian Andersons, aren't you? you just, <laughs> I tell you what, this is why they're changing the rules, though, isn't it? So this doesn't keep happening. We're Are getting, you kidding me? We're getting the this da- is the AFL's wet dream. Uh, Look at the final slogan. Don't believe in never. They they love this. They just want as me- the, if it were up to them, they would have every over the next. Okay, what are we? Three teams deep now. Assuming that. Okay, so yeah, West Coast 
let's let's imagine Richmond doesn't win this year, okay? We're three teams deep. If it were up to the AFL, the next fifteen years would account for the rest of the competition winning a premiership each. Really? Yes, really. How awful. Oh, it'd be terrible. But this is their wet dream because what happens is... Anybody can beat anybody on any day. Yeah, and that's plenty of incentive to rock up to the games, Tiz. Oh, terrific. Should they just legalise two-up every day of the year, do you reckon? If you want to go and watch a coin toss. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. But that's that's what they want. It, this idea that anyone can win it from anywhere gets people through the gates. And that's money. That's what it is. No, it's not. It's limited money because they've got limited stadiums. That What they want is TV viewers. That's how you make real money. Ask the Premier League, mate. Well, it all it all feeds into the same thing because you get the Fairweather fans tuning in. Bit of buzz about Melbourne all of a sudden. People are tuning in. Yeah, okay. It's all part of the same phenomenon, and I'm sick of it. A fresh dynasty for Hawthorne, please. They are getting a hell of a long way ahead of themselves, though, Melbourne. Well, I think we established that with the whole booking flights to WA a week early. Did you hear about Ali? So this really gets the blood boiling a bit. And if if you were barracking for Melbourne in spite of everything, for some reason, this will make you turn back. <laughs> so Ali, one of our listeners, got in touch with us and said, I was in a coffee shop this morning and they always have scarves up of the teams playing that week, but it yet to remove the Hawthorne one. A Melbourne supporter came in, picked up the Hawthorne scarf, threw it on the ground and stood on it. I am officially anyone but the D's now. <laughs> yeah, well, all clubs have dickhead supporters, don't they? Well, take us, for instance. <laughs> no, but that's pretty despicable behaviour. Yeah, that's pretty... How quickly it turns. Pretty schoolyard. I mean, it's been 12 years since they've been in... seen any finals action, and it just... They get a couple of wins. It's our... Well, we have to deny them a premiership this weekend. Ourselves. They've taken a lot from us this year. First AFLX. <laughs> then they've booted us out of the finals. Oh Casey's my goodness. Gonna get, Casey's going to get what's coming to them. I didn't even see this. The trifecta is on the cards. Oh, no. Surely not. Now, that's history. <laughs> I wonder if they realise. Probably not. Anyway, are we done with the whole recap? There's not anything more to say about that semi-final, really. No, no. The sky's blue for Hawthorne, mate. It is, in spite of everything. If you was... feel bad, have a look at Geelong and their list and what they're, <laughs> what they're trying to do in the trade period. Oh. oh, and the fire sale up at Sydney. My goodness. Now, it's one thing to say that, yeah, Hawthorne had a great year and, yeah, it didn't end the way we wanted it to, but think of this. Geelong and Sydney, they both exited finals before us in the worst fashion. <laughs> I mean, they were completely Non-competitive. And not only that, we did it to them... Before we even made finals. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we edged out Sydney in a close contest, which is the best way to beat Sydney, as we've shown over the years. Always good fun playing them up at the SCG. And Geelong. (laughs) Twice we beat Geelong in really tight contests and just in dramatic fashion both times. And and then you heap on Essendon as well. Oh, it's been a good year, hasn't it? Essendon didn't even make finals. I know. And that's partly because of us. See, life is sweet. You're just going to... Find the little victories. So, uh, after all that, gathered ourselves. Yes. And then we turned on, flicked on the telly on the Sunday. For uh, Box Hill playing their preliminary final against Williamstown. And we played another get-out-of-jail card. <laughs> yep. So that's, what, the second straight final Box Hill's done that? <laughs> Very nice. Oh, when they miss on the siren, how good is that feeling? Well, might as well have been on the siren. Oh. There was just seconds left, and then Tim O'Brien went to kick it in, and... I was a little nervous, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it did look like it went through. I was watching it going, oh, no, that's through. 
I didn't. Then, I didn't think it was three. Oh, I did. I was a mess though. You were a mess on, off on the, the VFL. I've already told you on this podcast. I carry on on the couch. <laughs> this couch has seen scenes. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And uh, did I, the girlfriend go for Willie? Did she? She did. Yeah. And that riled me up even yeah, more. That really got under my yeah, skin. Of course you did. Yeah. So as soon as that guy took that mark, <laughs> that guy took that mark, and it's. Wow, what astute commentary from Nick Mason there on the VFL preliminary final. <laughs> that guy took that mark. Uh, what was his name? It was like Jalen or something. Jalen Thorpe. Yeah, Thorpe. Yeah, that's what it. What kind of a name is Jalen? And they told like us in the commentary that he had more highlights out of a nine-game career than most players do. Is that right? Did they say that? Oh, they said something like that. Well, there's one that's probably not going to make it. <laughs> um, but oh, it's no. a tough thing for him, poor fella. Oh, he wouldn't yeah, want to so be that bloke. That's crushing for him. Um I mean, what a fantastic game. From Dylan Moore. Well, yeah, from Dylan Moore. Four straight. <laughs> we actually heard from uh, one of our listeners, Tim, who mentioned, didn't get to run my eye over today's game, but from what I hear, Dylan Moore was quite good. <laughs> Respect your analysis and would like to hear your views on the VFL game. See? Our views on the VFL game, Tim, is that Dylan Moore was quite good. <laughs> <laughs> 20 disposals, four goals. That is great. Hanrahan continued his efforts with two Goals, one behind and 12 disposals. Handy goal sneak. Yeah, he plays the midfield as well as the in and, in and under in the midfield, I should say, as well as the goal sneak. Sorry, if I, if I could, I want to talk more about Dylan. Okay. Two contested yeah. marks. Well done there. Yeah, yeah, well, you knew it was coming. The two mores that we've got running around the <laughs> VFL are pretty damn good, aren't they? They sure are. 25 touches for the captain, Andrew Moore. And then Mitch Lewis, who had a chance to seal it. Yeah. It's not his greatest goal-kicking effort. He was pretty good in the ruck, though, around the That's ground. That's true. He, he was versatile. He, mm. did, he wasn't anonymous. Had a lovely snap for goal. Oh, spun out of the tackle. Yep. Brilliant. He had the moves like Jager. Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Please, go on. So, goal of the day for me was <laughs> Will Hams when he put on a torp running through 50. Remember that? Oh, Hams. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 25 touches for the day. You would have noticed him. And then Broly yeah. kicked a snap from the boundary and stole the car off him. They probably don't have a car in the VFL, but it was a, <laughs> a bloody good goal. Well, it's Peter Jackson, so what, the, the suit? Neither of them are Hawthorne listed, unfortunately. No, that's true. I, I thought you were talking about uh, Kieran Lovell. Yeah, Kieran Lovell kicked a remarkable goal. Yeah, sell, Did the old Brent Harvey sell the candy <laughs> on the, the mark? Candy. Oh, that was great. I had no other options, Chris. You know, there was no one presenting. <laughs> <laughs> now... I guess for Tim, who didn't catch the game, for anyone who didn't catch the game even, it's not not just an exclusive segment for Tim's benefit, uh, the Seagulls got on top in the first half. They were favourites coming into this. Right, okay. So, the odds weren't great for Box Hill. Well, they got the ascendancy, and they, it seems like whenever the Hawks threatened, the Seagulls just did enough to push them back. They responded that, each time. Yeah, yeah they, had, they had the resistance up, and it was just... For a long while in that match, it was just like, who's going to break first here? This can't continue all match. It'd be remarkable if it did. I was waiting for our fitness to break through. Well, I thought it would have been possible for us to run our legs. We just we were just broken. We had so many chances to try and pinch the lead, and it just never manifested. But eventually, I, it took everything that we had. And by that, I mean all cylinders to get the ascendancy. We had the mids fire. You, you mentioned Andrew Moore, Will Hams. Mitch O'Donnell was fantastic. The back line was instrumental at the same time. The combination of Brandon O'Brien was pretty promising. O'Brien in a back line role. The intercept not marks were pretty good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if O'Brien can be reinvented in that way, and from what I've seen, it's it's looking like a good prospect that he could play that role, maybe as an understudy for the seniors. And they've both got long kicks. Yeah. 
So they gained territory very quickly. And we had the forwards, as we mentioned, Dylan Moore, Ollie Hanrahan. So really right across the ground, from goal square to goal square, it was it just took a massive effort from the whole team. And eventually we seized control and turned the match on its head. Five of the last six goals of the third term. But of course, as we know, that wouldn't be the end of the story. No, in, in one-point victories, uh, it felt like we must have had it won at some point. It was a little bit frustrating, given what we'd seen from the AFL boys, because it was turning into... What could is, have been. Yeah, is this going to be another game of missed opportunities? Because we really should have had it sewn up, and we didn't. It really took into the last seconds of the match, but Box Hill, they made it through. But there'll be a few changes to that lineup. All the blokes that aren't playing in the... AFL anymore are suddenly VFL eligible. Now, do they just slot straight back in? I, I don't like that. I think it's a bit unfair. I, I think it's deserved after what we did with Cyril in 2014, <laughs> just to bring the cup to Box Hill. So they've all made themselves available. Um, Chris Newman said that today. So Shuey, Nash, Warple, Mira, Segler, mm. I think they're all available. Yep. Uh, and, and they all... Uh, so I know Duray played in one of the finals, but he's no longer eligible because right. the Hawthorne side is no longer playing finals. Right. Which is how Cyril was eligible to play for Box Hill, okay. not having played for them in 2014. Right. So yeah, there's there's all these different little... Uh, I'll have to get my head around it. Yeah. So, but there, there'll be a few blokes coming out of that, coming out of that side. Who do you fancy in terms of those names that you just read out? I think Mira played actually pretty well. Against Melbourne. Well, Mira will probably come back in. I, I don't know. Warple would be good against against the Melbourne midfield. So, <clears throat> sorry, I say Melbourne. I should say Casey. Yes, say Casey, please. So, uh, <laughs> in in the reserves for Melbourne at Casey, they've got Vince, Garlett, Bug, and Peterson. Peto. Yeah, that's the one. And Jaden Hunt. So, they've got some talent down there. It should be a decent game. Yeah. Blank out the whole day. Because... It's a double header. It's going to be uh, Hawthorne versus Geelong grand final for the VFL women's and Casey versus Box Hill for, for the men straight after. We haven't really previewed the VFLW, but I think we should because that will be, it's an opportunity for their inaugural premiership. Yeah, it'd be massive. I think I read something like they came from, uh, I think, second last or third last in 2017 and basically lifting themselves off the canvas to be in the grand final Yeah, well, with we... the Hawthorne affiliation. Yeah. Patrick Hill's doing wonders down there, but you've got to look at Emma Mackey. Three goals, 18 touches in their last outing. Mm. You don't have to look much further than that. That's a bloody big effort, especially when you consider that the the scoring isn't high in those games. Well, that's the, that's the other um, great attribute to this team is that apparently they're the stingiest defence going round in yep. the comp. Yeah, They, on average, let through the least amount of score in the the competition. Their ball movement compared to their rivals is a lot better. Mm. And they've got a much more even effort across the board. So uh, Perkins, Dylan, I think, got their goals last week. And there's there's one uh, lady at the Cats, I think her name is Kirik. I'm not sure if that's how you say it, but she just dominates in the centre. Right, okay. So she'll have a big target over the top of her head. <laughs> what are you thinking? Uh, 1989 grand final? Oh, yes, just come off the square. Bit of payback? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine Perko just steamrolling the opposition. <laughs> do they do they, tra- <laughs> do they trade those kind of historical storylines? Do don't they know. go across? 
you know, you know, Jeff takes a lot of personal pride in his girls. Yeah, is what he says. Oh, he says our girls. Well, does, does he say my girls? I think he says my girls. Does he? Yeah, that's a terrible film name. <laughs> okay, well, either way, he takes a lot of personal pride, does Jeff? And I reckon he might have a bit of an inclination to bring up this storied history between Hawthorne Geelong. Just add a bit of spice to it. Anyway, so it seems like something Jeff would do. Anyway, you don't have to get there at 12.30, I suppose. But if you get there a little bit early, you'll be able to watch them lift the cup. Because they're pretty damn good. I, I think they, they should be favourites for this. Yep. And uh, it's good. they're good to watch. Gates open at 12pm. Tickets are available at the gates and also via Ticketmaster. You can actually get in early, jump online, uh, and, and you'll note that it's not Ticketek. So you'll be fine there, I think. Is that T- right? Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster this time. Because they're so much better. Adults, uh, $23. Concessions, 16 Kids under 15 free. Outrageous. I'm going to have to go through on my knees sucking my thumb. <laughs> not going to have to pay $23 to see that. Wow. Well, so, listeners, just if you're keeping record of this, you've got a man who goes to the MCC most weeks. For and free. We'll, no. <laughs> no, no. And we'll There's dodge no a admission for a VFL grand final. <laughs> Dear, oh dear. Ah, uh, well, I did dress up as a pie man once to get in the grand final. Actually, just imagining you, like, with one of those helicopter hats yeah. and a big lollipop. I could do that. <laughs> you reckon you can pull it off? Yeah, well, you know, absence of facial hair, mate, it's all good. <laughs> well, I, I certainly couldn't. I've got a great big bushy beard, <laughs> me. Uh, all seating <laughs> is general admission. The Hawks cheer squad, though, is going to be located level one, aisle 48 to one. And there's a brown and gold supporters bay at level one, aisle 11 to 12. So there you go. If you want to sit with your tribe, there's the place to do it. Those unable to make the match are going to be able to follow the action along uh, on Channel 7 from 3 p.m. Uh, and via the 7 Plus streaming service. It's called Plus 7. I don't know if that's right. Additionally, radio coverage is going to be happening as well. Three WBC tiers. Ah, my favorite. Three WBC, 94.1 FM. They're just professional SEM. enough. Kind of like us. <laughs> And I respect that. <laughs> they make it fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you got SEN there as well. So there you go. It's a huge Sunday. It, it will be a big Sunday. But I'm going to strap him. I'm going to be there the whole time, Tiz. Are you really? Yep, I'm going to the whole You're going to stand thing. the whole time? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the same. I don't think there's going to be any aisle 36 antics this time or anything like that. And it's just not the same without North supporters. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot we had that. The yeah, curtain raiser yeah. for that North game. No, you mean the dogs game? Oh, the dogs game was it? Yeah, no, yeah. that was what I went to. <laughs> Mitch Honeychurch was absolutely roasted by guy in the goal square, <laughs> like behind the goals. Yeah, and that was the first day we really had a look at uh, CJ. And hasn't he turned into a bit of a player? He has been good. Yeah, his closing speed's remarkable. It's not where I thought he'd play, but it seems to suit him. Well, in defence, you run straight lines off defence, and mm. yeah, you, it's a, it's a bit of an easier game. Why don't we get into some list management stuff? I Why guess... don't we? Because uh, it's not the we haven't announced any delistings yet. There's no spots. Oh no, there's two spots on the list, aren't there? Sure, well, yes. Tyrone and Cyril. Yeah, that's right. Two remarkably uncommon first names <laughs> <laughs> and uh, polar opposites as players. I would say. Okay. In terms of contribution to the Hawthorne Football Club. Fair enough. <laughs> They're leaving a lot of salary cap space, though. That's what I like about this. We've got some uh, cash to splash around come trade period. Now, we should just get to some listener questions because Twitter's been all abuzz about what we're going to do this trade period. We heard from Guy who said, uh, who do we think will really step up to the seniors next year and is already on the list? A few options, but usually only one or two make the leap per season. 
So I guess we're speaking of Box Hill. We drop names like CJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about like Hanrahan. Uh, people want to see Dylan Moore now. They're especially excited by him. Who do you think is going to step up? Well, you've just mentioned both of them, I think. I haven't I seen much too. from the other blokes. I mean, Pitnet, depending on what happens with Segler and McAvoy during the play- trade period, he might be lent on uh, during the year. Do you imagine we keep McAvoy, certainly? I don't think McAvoy's not on the trade table, is he? If anyone, it's got to be Segler. Why, why do you say that? Because McAvoy's a better ruckman. Okay. McAvoy can break a game open. McAvoy can be a match winner. I haven't seen that of Segler. No, but you never really see Segler as a sole ruckman, do you? So Well, yeah, that's true enough. But doesn't that say at all? He's not our first option? It might. <laughs> okay. But there's been rumblings that uh, McAvoy has some fairly... I mean, he's been battered from pillar to post for many years. I know Segler's, right, okay, Segler's gotcha. done a knee. Yeah. But uh, they're getting old now, those mm. boys. There's a few boys turning 30, actually, this week and over the next month uh, that makes us look... Very old in terms of list management. Well, it just adds to the idea of what I said before. 2019 is going to be a very interesting year in mm. terms of list Smithy, management. Smithy, Hendo, Frawley, Ruffhead, yep. Poppy. I, th- I think fans are going to have to strap in and pre- just be prepared to be a little bit more patient in 2019. You just never know. I think I think we'll be up there again, but we've got to allow room for the future to arrive. You know, we can't, you know, what are we expecting? That all these guys play the entire year, then retire? Probably not. No. And if that if that happens, where would we be at the end of the year? No, they've got to be managed. Yeah, so uh, Moore could could do some real damage on the wing. Mm-hmm. And Hanrahan, obviously an understudy for, for Poppy's role. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with those two selections. So there you go, Guy. There, there's our nominations for who will who will come through. Now, onto the trade stuff. We heard from Jez, who said, trade for players using draft picks, those in our current list, or try and focus on high-quality picks through the draft. What are your thoughts? Uh, always a risk with draft picks. So um, unless you're assured of getting an absolute star, mm. you can trade them. Now, in the context of this year, where you mentioned that it seems to be a pretty deep draft, yeah. are we assured of getting someone good no matter what numbers we have to play with? Um, well, I'll just point you back to Morrison and Mitch Lewis. <laughs> yes. And uh, wh- where were they picked up again? Seventies. <laughs> Seventies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, we should be all right. <laughs> Full faith in the system, Tiz. <laughs> or, or, or not, <laughs> as the case may be. Okay. It'll be interesting to see if we can get some top ten draft picks off other lists that have been delisted. Right. Recently. Yes. Do you have anyone looking in particular at Houston Kilda? Oh, yeah. And okay. seeing if we give them another chance. Because I, f- I feel that some of those clubs are very wasteful with young talent and that they'll respond to the right environment. That seems to be the thing with Hawthorne, and that's the thing I have faith in, um, that we're very good at that as a club. We can... Build on people's strengths. Yeah, we can make a player. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, take what they've done elsewhere and really build upon it. We've seen it over the past decade with a number of players and turn them into premiership stars. And also, if it isn't working, we generally tell them. Yeah, that is true. So you'd be more on the side of, are you trading for draft picks? I would, would myself personally, like to take some some high draft picks, maybe even even trade to get in higher in the draft. Yeah, um, I'd be more leaning to that too. But uh, if we can get an elite talent out of someone somewhere like GWS. And I know mm. people are talking about Dylan Shield. He's not in the top four midfielders for me at GWS, but he's still very good. 
Well, on that note, we heard from, uh, I think we pronounced this guy's name as Jado, Jado Gucci, or J. Gucci. Just don't know how posh this guy is. Uh, out of all the trade targets, who do you feel is the most likely at the moment? And who do you feel would help the team more out of Wingard, Shield, or May? I'd love to get May, but he's still contracted, so he's going to be very, very expensive. So just wait that out, I would imagine. Again, because we've approached him in the past. <laughs> have we we've really? also did, approached did we approach Wingard in the, in the past and Shield in the past. Of course we have. <laughs> well, Clarko said back in 2014 that he'd love to get Wingard. And May. Pretty sure he said that around the same as well. Okay. But uh, no, I don't think May is too expensive. They won't let him go. The AFL would have egg on their face again. Can you imagine another elite talent going to Hawthorne from Gold Coast? Wingard, a really strange player. Um, looks terrific in patches. I mean, he's got some of the best forwards next to him in that in yeah. that uh, Port Adelaide side, and yet their forward line is almost the most dysfunctional part of that club. So bring him into the system, Tiz. Yeah, but I think he's gone to the dogs. Oh, well. I'm pretty sure he'll go there. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, not ju- not the just Western there. Bulldogs. So clever wordplay, really. Yeah, thank that's you all for that. That's all that was. Yeah. <laughs> just underline that, yeah. <laughs> just give me your credit, that's all. <laughs> uh, the other one we heard a little while ago from Ash Brown, of course, was that we might be look- looking at getting uh, Scully, mm. spelt with a dollar sign, uh, <laughs> like, from GWS. Got a bit of the Keshes about him. Yeah. That could provide some real run, which is something we've been lacking. And we've noticed that uh, as soon as Smith gets pulled out of the game, Hendo has to have a massive influence yep. for us to get over the line. It's true, yeah. Smith needs better support big time. Uh, Getting you, older, of course. Yeah, if you blanket Smith, then you go halfway to beating Hawthorne. It's so. a shame we missed out on Josh Kelly last year. It really is. Well, Mr. Burns. Mr. Mr. Burns. Burns would have been pretty good. <laughs> Whitfield. I was going to say, you should remind people who that is. Yeah, yeah, Whitfield. <laughs> We heard from Simon as well, who said, I hope we keep powder dry this trade period and throw squillions at Josh Kelly next year. Gaff would be the one you'd take this year, though. Not not overly keen on Wingard or Shield. Really? He wants Gaff. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's a big accumulator. Does a lot of work off the ball, um, particularly with his fists. I'm looking at that question there from Simon, and uh, <laughs> it's just funny because Gaff, in my head, I've pretty much ruled out. Because I'm like, well, North have him. But then North was so keen on Josh Kelly, who was mentioning the same question there. Hang on, so we... North, hang on. North have Gaff. <laughs> yeah, Pollock. Pollock. Yeah. That other fella that we heard about today. What's his Nick name? Nick Newman. Nick Newman. Yeah. From the Sydney Swans. Yep. Is there anyone else there <laughs> after? Well, how big's his war chest? Oh, they're getting Josh Kelly, of course. Forgot about well, that. Well, they've been touting who they're getting. Well, Dustin Martin as well has famously <laughs> go to North. They've been touting who they've been going to get for years. That with each season, there's been a jackpot. Yeah. So the war chest has just increased. So uh, I, they've got so much money to play with. Maybe well, they, they do. W- they've got all the weight money. <laughs> Maybe they will get everyone they w- they've wanted. Maybe it's just this big bank account. Just They're just going to throw at people. Yeah, it'll just be a team of wingmen. That might be a bit more handy than you think. <laughs> given the given the pace of the game, the speed of the game, that might be okay. But then again, if the rules all change, then... Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. If you're kicking out from another square mm. further down the field, that means the defensive line, you'll have less chance of getting it over the back. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because it, yeah, it tapers as you enter the 50. So at the moment, if you put on a torp, 
and then you punch it on, you can probably get it over the back of the defense and you have a run on. Yeah. But if they're set up at the back of the center square, you're going to have two riders at the back probably of defenders. I don't know why you're trying to figure this out. The AFL has its sussed, mate. It's going to be the perfect game. It's, we'll never need to change it again. I just... Uh, oh, shit. The hands in the back rule. Let's get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, push in the back now instead of hands in the back. Why did they change it in the first place? Made yep. it so much harder for Lakey. <laughs> um, why anything, Tiz? Why do they do anything? How, but how, that's the other thing. How do you go about your list management if you don't know what the rules are going to be? Yeah, because it's a, it's you a might massive think, conundrum. You might think about redrafting Dustin Fletcher if he's going to be that, <laughs> that good at the kickouts. Yeah, yeah. Does that mean we play, play Sicily... Well, Ben we, Graham, we, that's we probably a more Sicily palatable d- reference. <laughs> we keep Sicily down back and just have him kick out from the goal square every behind. <laughs> yeah. It might it's, it just goes through for a goal at the other end. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder what would have happened if Brendan Goddard had played on and overstepped the mark on that square. <laughs> Where did he kick from? He's had an 18-metre run-off and manages <laughs> to step over the line. <laughs> One final question for you uh, from Nicholas Vines, who we heard from at the start of the episode, so I thought it was fitting that we hear, hear from him at the end of the episode. Too. The opener and the closer. That's right. Nicholas Vines at Hawk Talk Pod says, In Clarko we trust, but do you think our current brand of footy is what will win us our next premiership, or will Clarko change to a similar style that the Tigers and Dees have? He can't, not with the players he's got. I don't know. You need That's... a mosquito fleet. Yeah, you do. That's You need more speed. Anyway, the rules are going to change. They're going to benefit... The um, the long kick tall mark. That's what they want to see. They want to see packs, leaping packs. They want to go back to the uh, I'd like to see that era of AFL football. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. yeah. Carl Lewis. Yeah, Evander Holyfield. Okay. I'd like to see that. Yep. Who mm-hmm. else was it? Desmond Tutu. <laughs> what kind of religion is that? I would have been like, what, five when these came out? Yeah, yeah, they had Ray Charles as well. They did not. They did not have Ray Charles. They did. They had. They didn't. I'd like to see that. That's a joke you've made up in your own time. No, you can have a look. You'll find it. That's absolute garbage. You're thinking of someone else. They did not have Ray Charles (laughs) saying, "I would like to see that." Yes, they did. That's absolute. Might have been Stevie Wonder. I don't know. You are talking (laughs) shit. Now, um, tears. I actually have some breaking news for you. do like, listings? No, no, uh, no. No, we'll get to those when we have news on them. But uh, I've been informed by one of our listeners, uh, Alicia, who who sent us something from the Mungrook Footy Show. Oh, yeah. Now, uh, Sean Burgoyne has confirmed that he's been playing with broken ribs since round 23. Since round 23? Wow. <laughs> yeah, he played two finals with broken ribs. Jeez. I think we need a little more depth to our list, don't you reckon? Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel better for him now. <laughs> It looked like Father well, Thomas creeping up. That's good, because I'm sure he feels rubbish. So <laughs> I've had cracked ribs. They are shocking. Sleeping in a chair is awful. Jeez, is that what you have to do? Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? You mm. can't, yeah. Anyway, good on your burgers. We love you. Yeah, I mean... Thoroughly deserving of another year. Yeah, props, full respect. That's, I mean, I stubbed my toe and I'm out of commission for a while, so <laughs> go, on, go on you, mate. Go on your silk. Well done. I reckon that's going to do us for this episode, Tiz. Good season. And uh, we'll have a full review soon. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll engage with that. But uh, I guess for now we have Sunday to look forward to, the big double header, as, as we mentioned, VFLW and the VFL at Etihad Stadium, gates from 12pm. And how excited were the girls when the when the blokes got through to the final as well? 
It's just great for the brand, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Jeffrey's all over it. Loves it. Apparently, the jacket's coming back out, Tiz. Is it? Yeah. What about the mustard pants? I thought I might buy some in sympathy. Sympathy pants? Yeah, sympathy mustard pants. Oh, that is so hard to say. <laughs> okay, you want to go again? Sympathy mustard pants? Is that what Perhaps you're going for? sympathetic mustard pants. <laughs> you struggled that time too. You're on a roll. <laughs> I could edit it. I'm not going to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess the only thing left for us to do is just recap the social media stuff. Uh, if you could jump on board, it'd be great. Obviously, it's the end of the season. But like we said, we're going to stick around. We've got a few episodes left to go in the yep. year and a few big ones too, with obviously the big yep. movers and shakers. Over, no over more Josh period. Bootsman references, though, please, ladies and gentlemen. They'll know. Tiz reacting to the look I shot him there. Well done. (laughs) Um, iTunes, as I mentioned, 106 ratings. Uh, Just keep on keeping on. The ratings and reviews we get, they're they're just amazing. The support is so humbling. And thank you very much for jumping on board there. You can find us on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. Like I said, nearing 1,100 followers. It'd be great to hit that milestone before the season's end. Uh, And also Facebook, facebook.com slash HawkTalkPod. Well, I'll be there Sunday cheering on the uh, brown and gold. As will I, Tiz. As will I. Uh, you might be able to find us there. Do you know if you're allowed to chuck streamers anymore? Still hung up on Ray Charles, to be honest. Anyway, that's going to do it for this podcast. I tell you what, that's real. That's the Hawk Talk podcast for another week. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.